Welcome to the Digital Profits Podcast, where you'll learn how to grow your business faster using paid traffic and SEO. Each episode will feature a breakdown of digital marketing trends and answers to your burning questions that will provide actionable takeaways to make your marketing better. So join us, Ben Page, Ray Sawbell, and Blake John, as we guide you on your journey to higher profits. Remember to join the Profit Squad at joinprofitsquad.com and get ready to profit in three, two, one. Ben here, and I'm joined today by the one and only pay-per-click phenom, <laughs> YouTube all-star, Ray Savell. Hello, hello. Thank you, Ben, for the kind <laughs> intro. <laughs> we are, I'm jazzed up, lots of caffeine today. And we're talking about a really important topic in PPC, which is hitting CPA goals versus hitting MQL goals. A juicy one. I know. Well, and to quickly define terms here so we don't lose everyone in the first nine seconds of the podcast, um, CPA, cost per acquisition, uh, sometimes called cost per conversion, and MQL, marketing qualified leads. So going beyond that conversion. One step deeper. Step deeper. Only qualified ones. So guys, we are B2C lead generation search engine marketers, and uh, I'm going to guide you through this discussion today. And let's start, Ray, with this. What are the greatest risks of hitting your CPA goal consistently? You know, that false sense of security, you're crushing it. Take it away. What do you think? I would love to. The biggest thing that I tend to think of is you're optimizing for efficiency versus growth. So the numbers that the platforms give you might be lying. They may not be telling you the entire story. So a, a good example here is you could be leaving revenue on the table. So Google ads might be giving you one number where you're getting a ton of conversions, 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 whether that's a form fill if you're a lead gen business or e-com, but obviously we're talking about lead gen. So you may be optimizing for as just many conversions as possible versus qualified ones. That's why you need some type of data connector, which we'll be talking about here later. So things like Salesforce or HubSpot to really understand down funnel what those marketing qualified leads look like. So Mm. when I tend to think about risk, that's probably the biggest one. You're not comparing apples to apples because you're just looking at the amount of total leads coming in versus qualified ones. Mm, That's so interesting. For me, I I tend to think in terms of like frameworks or models. And so I'm thinking about this through the lens of a negative feedback loop where imagine you're working with an agency you're running Google ads, Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, whatever. And every single month they're coming back and saying, great news. We cut your CPA. It's down 10%. It's down 10%. It's down 10%. Maybe you're getting a similar volume, maybe a a slight lift in total conversions or leads. Uh, Maybe they're down a little bit, you know, but hey, the efficiency is great and we need to cut some marketing budget. So it sounds good. Like, and, and so it can create this negative feedback loop where there's downward pressure on the cost per acquisition that is maybe needless because if there's opportunity to acquire more customers or somewhere in that range of CPA, but you keep going, now you're cutting off a ton of potential volume that you didn't need to. And you're in trouble. And you're in trouble. I mean, you are from a growth perspective or even a replacing churn perspective. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, Can I give like a real life example here? Yeah, that is, yeah, yeah. is maybe a little bit of a horror story. And I would encourage the listeners to maybe go check this out themselves if they 
if this rings true with them. So a year and a half ago or so, Performance Max was introduced. And what that is, it's all of Google's ads inventory in one campaign. It's got search, shopping, uh, video display, all that good kind of stuff in one campaign type. Now, the reason why this is so important, why optimizing for MQLs versus actual conversions, and it kind of goes against your all the points that you were just talking about, is the platform may be telling you that you're winning, you're winning, you're winning, but it's optimizing for junk. It's, it's optimizing for the, the example that we had here is we had a client who was optimizing for chats, so like a softer conversion, but Pmax or Performance Max was optimizing for just low-quality chats, which were most likely bot traffic, instead of optimizing for phone calls or form fills, things that were you know slightly more qualified, and you know these platforms were reporting that they were winning, when in reality it was just garbage. So cost per conversion was looking good, but in reality, cost per admit or, or MQLs were really hurting. Yeah, and so there's a huge delta between did it convert and was that an MQL? We'll talk about that later, thinking about that ratio. But yeah, just the idea of quality. I mean, I think that brings in a question within PPC. You're thinking about what's your campaign optimization objective. And if you can optimize towards something further down in the funnel, if there's enough volume to do that, you know, you should do that. But back to the idea of, you know, efficiency versus growth, it's like, you're always kind of trading off volume and efficiency. That's how I think of it. And, you know, this idea of like the the uh, marginal conversion, right? I think the way, we're actually going to have a whole other episode about this. And I think we've done some recent LinkedIn posts on the company page about, you know, the golden metrics and lead gen. But the whole idea is like, if if you truly understand lifetime value for a patient, for a customer, or at least, you know, maybe a good fallback if you don't have great data yet, would be like average revenue per year, mm-hmm. per user, something like that, yeah. right? Then you can, based on your goals in the organization, your financial goals and kind of the economic engine of the business and the payback periods and so on, like you can you can sort of back out what's an acceptable CPA. And if you know that at the outset too, that will kind of be your hedge against continuously optimizing for low-cost conversions but sacrificing growth. So like maybe, yeah, it's like, well, great. Maybe you are crushing it in search and you cut your CPA in a half or something, you know, but hey, can we take some of that incremental dollars and start testing a new channel? Like, oh, we opened up display and it's converted. The CPA is a little bit higher. It's, you know, 30% higher or something than search, but we're getting all this incremental, you know, qualified leads if, if you have the right tracking in place, right? So Yeah. And like to zoom in just a little bit more there, like a major risk of really optimizing towards CPA is you're not able to test as much because you're sort of locked into a box and you're only able to optimize for this one goal. Let's say my CPA goal is a hundred bucks. Well, that may limit some of the testing that you may want to do mid funnel or up funnel that are going to have significantly different CPA goals. So that's definitely a downside. It just kind of locks you into what you're doing and doesn't allow you to experiment as much. Yeah, it's like the idea of having always having a testing budget and yep. the, the concept of if you're beginning a new channel or a new campaign type, having some learning budget in there because it might, like in, in the case if you're using smart bidding, if you have enough events happening, enough conversion events happening where machine learning can actually function effectively, then having enough sort of padding or budget in there to allow for that learning to take place. Yep. Um, is super important. So, all right, well, those are some of the greatest risks, right? If you're just myopically fo- focused on efficiency, efficiency, you know, CPA, CPA, it's like, well, if you're not looking at lead quality, 
fail. Uh, <laughs> if you're not balancing efficiency and growth, probably fail. You know, there might be a Agreed. season of cutting and efficiency and, and so on. You sure. might look really good now, but you're sacrificing growth in the future because you're kind of like, you're, you're only you're filling choking up so up. much of the funnel. Yeah, it's like you're choking your your funnel. You're choking off your future potential. Yeah, future you will thank you. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Yeah, and so this idea of kind of building on that. So what you count as a conversion matters. Blake Very and I were, were just talking about this with, you know, three different conversion paths on a client's website where they have calls they have a form submission and they have a chat. You yep. know, we see this all the time. Oh, there's a newsletter sign up. There's, uh, I don't know, a webinar or something. And then there's a purchase or, you know, if it's e-com or like maybe there's a demo or get on a sales call kind of thing. So having these different kinds of conversions, you know, defined and optimizing different campaigns for the right objectives and maybe testing there is important. Like, why do you think that is so important, Ray? Yep. Because understanding that marketing qualified close rate by conversion action is just so important. So the example mm -hmm. that I was discussing earlier, chat to marketing qualified rate in, in this client example that we were discussing might be around like 10% or so, where somebody filling out a form on a website or filling out uh, or calling the business has a slightly higher around like 30 to 40%. So not saying that all chats are bad in this example, but you're, you're likely going to either want to allocate more budget to the form fill campaigns that I'm mentioning or the um, phone call uh, optimizations, or you want to find different campaign types in this example and PPC, for example, that have higher close rates for chat. So that's, that's one of the major reasons why understanding marketing qualified leads is, is so important because then you're able to find exactly which conversion action is working best and then push your budget towards those campaign types. Yeah. I think a lot about Engineering the buy is how I think about mm -hmm. it. So like what you're saying, Ray, is like, hey, if you if you have multiple conversion paths, probably they're going to have different CPAs, you know, in terms of performance um, or cost per conversions. But what you, like if you have one that is like your lights out, you always... And all be all. Yeah, high MQL percent and they always go down funnel and a high SQL percent or high close rate. Like you want to make sure you've got max dollars flowing through that conversion path, you know, do that first before you start experimenting. But in my mind, I think about, you know, what's that outcome I'm trying to achieve? If I have my, you know, LTV, my lifetime value figured out, and I and, and subsequently, I've got my allow what's my maximum allowable cost per acquisition from paid, then I will look at uh, what's the conversion to MQL rate by conversion action, and I might think about, like, let's use this as an example, this idea of, you know, there's a call, there's a chat, and there's a form submit. What if the conversion to MQL rate is variable, like you said? So let's say chat is 10%. 10% of chat conversions are MQLs, and 30% of calls are, and maybe, I don't know, 50% of form fills are. So I'm just making yep. this up, right? So if you know that, um, and you also know what your CPA is by conversion action, there might be an arbitrage opportunity. Because what if, like, for instance, I'll just throw out for instance, like, what if I could run a messenger campaign on Facebook to drive messenger leads for two bucks that ultimately I can get way more volume and it will still result in a better, like, aggregate cost per marketing qualified lead than if I was trying to optimize you know, straight for form fills or something. Or like, what if you threw all your dollars at 
the campaigns optimize for the form fill, yep. the phone call, and there's no more volume, and you've got to go upstream. You, and you're getting into display, upper funnel, or you're you know you're adding channels, you're going on to social. So it's kind of like you can engineer the conversion objective and you know the funnel and stuff to achieve your MQL goal. And that's what this is all about is like beginning with the end in mind and knowing what your MQL goal is and focusing on that outcome and that that cost per MQL, cost per customer yep. patient will allow you to do. I know that's sorry, it's kind of a soapbox there. No, but. and, and kind of to, to go into that a little bit further, like the trade-off in a lot of these instances is either volume. So it's understanding how much volume do you want to drive? Because, you know, if you can drive tons of chats through at like a $2 cost per acquisition, like you were saying earlier, but then if you think about like your team you're going to be driving a lot more leads. So then for your team to score and qualify those leads, it's going to be a lot more work internally. So when I tend to think about this, it's like how much stress do you want to put at your team while doing the appropriate amount of volume? So like, that's like another way to think about it is like what, what's an appropriate amount to send internally at the cost per acquisition that, that you're sending for marketing qualified leads. That was an awesome call out because so many times, right? Like, oh, the sales team can't handle that inbound lead volume or whatever. You know, they can't work on it and just, they can't do that work to kind of qualify. Yeah, and yeah. you can talk about strategies to like pre-qualify people and different funnel, you know, webinar yeah. funnel or what, yeah. I'm sure many but, listeners have run like Facebook lead ads, for example, and they're like, oh man, my agency or my team delivered so many junk Facebook lead ads because it's low quality or it's garbage. And it's like, well... How do you optimize better? And it's like a different conversation, but like it falls directly in line with like marketing qualified leads. Like, are they qualified? Are they not? Where do you put the budget? And that's kind of like where the, like, how is the buy happening? Like, where are you putting your dollars to work most efficiently for you? Yeah, that's cool. And you can do the same kind of engineering within the lead ad itself or within the forms on your website. And same thing, you're usually trading specificity for friction. In other words, like, you know, the more fields you add, the more complicated the questions and the more in-depth and detailed they are the lower in general the conversion rate you know might be so it's like trading off there too it's exactly. like do you want more burden off. on you know the team working and qualifying and you know or you're you hedging for everything. volume yeah exactly yeah so that, that's another way to think about it is is volume versus stress on your team yep and then we talked about you know for lead generators right thinking about like down the funnel it's like well you want to know you know your website session to conversion rate you want to know your conversion to MQL rate, your MQL to SQL rate, your SQL to close rate, yep. and then know your lifetime value, your average revenue per, per customer. So if you know all those things, that's great. And like, you'd probably want to know the absolute numbers and the percentages. And then you'd want to know like the cost for all these different stages, mm-hmm. you know, and some of these are going to be pegged to some kind of goal. But this, if you do know those numbers, you can look for opportunities or sticking points you know and that can give you hints about oh we're driving traffic it's not converting well what's going on yep you know we're getting mqls they're not closing well what's up there you know we need to dig in yeah and i think all of these are conversations that you need to be having internally or with your agency partner your team or whoever that may be because if your team is optimizing strictly for conversions only like this goes back to the risk piece like that's a risk in itself if you're only optimizing for these conversions so Understanding how to look at like these close rates or MQL to SQL or session to conversion, all that kind of stuff are conversations that you should be having internally and working towards something. So I think that's like a key part is this isn't data that's going to come overnight. 
this is data that you're going to have to spend time with. You're going to have to battle test. Does it make sense? And then start to like roll out and implement throughout your campaign and strategies. Yeah. There's a, actually, there's one other dark horse metric, Ray, that we didn't Let's really talk about yet, but for lead generators, right? And well, for many businesses, this is true. It's like, okay, great. Maybe you can achieve your cost per MQL goal, you know, and if you can, hats off. That's awesome. But this notion of like capacity, it's like, what if you can't take on any more customers yep. right now? You know, and understanding like how long it takes someone to go from, you know, MQL to close and then, you know, into service and stuff. But I think f- for the marketing team to keep a pulse on ops and, and capacity, uh, we've seen this play out times too, right? Where yeah. you can so you can find efficiencies sometimes like, oh, we're at capacity here. Well, you know, maybe we need to pull back a little bit on these more, you know, demand gen efforts. And vice versa, it can help you also inform if you have multiple locations, multiple product lines, multiple service teams or whatever. It can inform you, like, is your PPC budget aligned with that business outcome you need to drive ultimately? You know, hitting a census in this treatment center, having X customers from this product or whatever. Yep. And I think understanding, like, chats, for example, might take... Uh, like up a number a month to close where phone calls might make take two weeks to close for example so if you are at capacity and you can't increase that capacity understanding like hey maybe i need to push more chat conversions now because we're not going to have room for a month or whatever time until you do have capacity so that that's another key point yeah that's really interesting optimizing for time as well and like knowing yep that you know a third of all chats end up converting but through a drip after the fact or whatever yeah that's super cool so what about, you know, how do brands and advertisers, like how do you get to that place where you actually have that data? You know, what are the kind of the critical ingredients or the difference makers? Obviously, we're using Google Analytics all the time, you know, but let's talk about this technology and data component a little bit, yep. evolving the strategy from just what you see in Google Ads. Yep, great question. I mean, once you have this data in like a CRM in some way, I mean, big ones typically are like Salesforce or HubSpot, for example, you you want to get that data. And once you feel confident with it, you want to start feeding that data to the platforms in some way. So Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. A lot of these platforms have built-in connectors. So like Salesforce has a built-in connector. You can like feed all that data directly back to Google Ads, for example. And once you can start to optimize for MQLs or like leads that are actually qualified versus just top of funnel leads, you're really able to say this campaign generated this many MQLs for me. Let's push more budget towards these campaign types. And then the other key part is that the smart bidding starts to learn around it too. So like right now, if you have a campaign set up, Google's only going to start to optimize around the conversions that you have in the platform. But if you start to move over data from these other platforms, you're able to optimize for the leads that you're importing. So the opportunities are leads from external CRMs. Yeah. And, you know, two other call outs that came to mind. One is the organizations we've seen that do this really well. They've got some kind of BI, some kind of business intelligence, you know, dashboard, usually combining elements of, you know, the web analytics, you know, the Google, the, the Google analytics side with something like, you know, Salesforce, a HubSpot, you know, and, and usually some, maybe some internal data as well to kind of surface the KPIs that matter the most and sort of marry the reality on the ground business numbers with some of the marketing metrics and 
you know, sales or out, outbound metrics, um, which is really helpful. And the other thing, which it would be easy maybe for us to take for granted, it's the idea of closed loop tracking, Ray. So having call tracking of some kind, right? So there's always going to be some play, I think, with attribution, you know, with MTA, yep. multi-touch attribution and, you know, comparing, oh, my, my GA4 data is match my HubSpot dashboard. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen, right? But I think what's important is like, what are those paths to conversion yep. for the user on your website or through your campaigns? And like, are you actually tracking all three to have that ability, like you said, right, to ultimately say, look, here are my 10 campaigns, here are my three conversion paths, you know, here are the users that these campaigns brought to the site, and then ultimately, here were the outcomes. And like, imagine how disastrous, and we've seen this repeatedly, it's like, you know, client has the three paths and they're tracking forms, but they're not call tracking. And then like, surprise, like 80% of their conversions come through call tracking, Yeah, you know, and it's just absent and they don't have it. And it's like how, you know, it makes it much, all of a sudden you're cutting off campaigns because the reported CPA is way high, but you're not taking into account all the calls they're driving or, or you're using like the out of the box call tracking Mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, depending on the vertical you're in, it's key that you measure your online and offline conversions. So if you're only looking at online, you're definitely missing a major piece of the pie. So really looking at online and offline and understanding what percentage goes towards online and offline will help you a ton. Yeah. And to build off some other points that you had too, Ben, like imagine a perfect world where you have all this data tied in from Salesforce or some CRM going back to your platforms you're able to be so agile in the way that you implement things. Like your speed is able to increase. So let's say you have leads that you need to increase in a certain market. Let's say you had to increase your California leads and you only have conversion data in the platform. You might have an idea like, oh, I think I should push budget over here or I think I should do it here versus if you have MQLs, it's like, this is the campaign. This is the keyword. This is the time. This is the whatever. And I can turn up the dial to 100 in that area and be like, boom, lasered in, focused, agile, like expand that right away. So. I think that's like a key insight that is missed here if you don't have this data. Not that you're playing guesswork to, to where you need to turn the dial, but if you have this information in the platform, you can directly like turn things up based on like exactly like what is qualified versus what, what isn't by like market if you have to. That's so awesome, Ray, because it it's, it's one of those things where if you are talking with someone that doesn't have a CRM and, and they're thinking about it in terms of like, oh, it's another line item, it's another cost center. It's painful, even like call tracking, like, oh, now I have to pay for a number and I have to pay to track it and stuff. It's so worth it. It's so worth it because this point alone, it's all about speed. Data enables speed, time to insight, and the ability, like, this is where I love to be with one of our clients where every morning we're getting that. Real numbers. Real numbers from that day, the last 12 hours, you know, but real, like, on the ground, operational numbers married with the the marketing and, and sales information. So on a dime, every single morning, we can optimize those campaigns to what's actually happening in real life in those centers. And that speed, that agile responsiveness of how we can drive the campaigns and optimize, I cannot explain an ROI on the ability to have that data and that insight, but it's huge because of the savings, because of our ability to quickly make a change that results in a business outcome that matters. It's so crucial. So I... I just would urge people to kind of use, think of that as an investment. 
Yep. And it, it's definitely not a magic wand. I know the way that we may be talking about it is like, get a CRM and make sure you're tracking all this and it's going to make everything better. It, it helps improve everything, but it's not like a silver bullet in any way. You need to make sure the data is accurate and you're using it accurately in all of your campaigns. So yep. it definitely helps a ton, but like, it's not just going to be like, set this up, get this going. Um, it's going to work right away. Typically, it's like, we, we got to test it in this market or this area. And there's a lot of battle testing and back and forth and conversations that need to happen before this becomes like, you know, to, to 10x something, for example. Yeah. And it's one of our four pillars, you know, data targeting creative structure. Data is the first one, you know, for a reason, because without it, you know, that your effectiveness tends to drop. But, you know, you can totally, you can baby step this. The whole goal, I think, is to always be working on the four pillars. You're always working on, you're always evolving it, you're always testing yeah. it. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a huge, like, hey, now we're going to go and, you know, drop six, six figures on a software license or something. Like, there are tools you can start to directionally get closer, you know, with a, a lower kind of overhead and that maybe are more accessible for organizations of all different sizes. But, Man, that's super cool, Ray. I, anything else to add before we kind of talk about some takeaways? I would say, again, I, I echoed this earlier, but have these conversations. They're so worth it. It's going to allow you to, again, being fast in these key decisions are is really important, but have these conversations internally with your partners, with your team. It's going to give the team that you're working with transparency to the numbers and like allow you to make impact to the bottom line. So it, just ha- have those conversations. Yeah, I love it. For takeaways today, we want to leave you with several questions to reflect on. You know, one, does your agency have this data to guide their decision making? Without it, it's kind of like, yeah, it's like their efforts are totally hamstrung, you know? And two, do you have a process to regularly review these numbers, all the numbers down the funnel, percentages, the ratios that we talked about, the absolute numbers, the comparisons, the capacity, and so on? And three, do you have a strategy to balance growth? And efficiency. I would say, you know, if you haven't had these conversations before and you haven't like done this like process to help review these numbers, both Ben and I and like our team has had experience, you know, working with these types of numbers with clients. So ensuring that like you regularly have these conversations and we know like the questions to ask. So those are the type of things that you just need to be comfortable talking with to ensure that your marketing partner can help move, you know, your your goals forward essentially. Right. And I think ultimately, you know, big picture takeaway for marketing leader for leadership team, C-suite folks. It's like, how can you best align incentives of everyone involved from marketing coordinator, agency, CFO, everyone involved, aligning those incentives to achieve the business outcome you ultimately care about. And that's why, you know, we focus at 2100 Digital on the business outcome and results-based marketing to achieve, you know, MQLs, closes, patients, new customers, lifetime value, to achieve those things over the leading metrics of cost per acquisition. Yep. And a different way that I think about that, Ben, like we've had these conversations several times and they're not fun, but like if, if, if we're doing our job and like paid is like winning and we're like, oh, paid is up 100% year over year. We're getting you so many more leads, but the overall business goals are down. Like that's it's a fail. In, exactly. In your example, Mission like we're not failed. rolling in the same direction. Like in the perfect example, like metrics are up and everybody has that same common end goal in mind. Yeah. Well, hey, if you don't know where you stand today in relation to this in your pay-per-click campaigns, reach out to us. Hello at 2100digital.com. We'd love to chat. We'd love to have a conversation and learn more about your goals and your current situation and see if we can come up with a plan to get you to that desired outcome. See ya. 
Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to us and allows us to help more people and grow the community. Please take a minute right now to subscribe and share this wherever you listen to podcasts and sign up for the Profit Squad at joinprofitsquad.com. This will get you insider access, additional tools and swipe files, and help you elevate your marketing game to the next level. Thank you.